0: Vaccine Vasquez, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about everyday events, happenings, pet peeves, and everything under the sun in order to provide you with a fun and sometimes serious look at life. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's pretty controversial, but I still think is very important to address vaccines. Now, I thought long and hard about how I wanted to address this because it's it's like I said, it's it's controversial, but it's something that's happening right now today. You know, it's affecting our lives right now in a way that I don't think most of us ever could have imagined with a pandemic running wild and vaccines are now available and there's a lot of uh, people who who are reluctant to get vaccines and vaccinated and a lot of reasons why and I thought that it would be something that we could talk about. So let's get into it. Vaccines. We can look at vaccines in a lot of different ways right now. We are in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. Let me adjust that at this point in time, it's not really the middle of it. We've been dealing with it for over a year now. And in fact, in the United States, there are a lot of states that are opening up their restrictions. They're peeling back and they're getting ready to kind of go back to what we could assume is a normal life. So maybe we're at the end of this thing. Maybe we're in for another surge. I mean, nobody knows. It's hard to tell. But one of the things that's driving states and cities and areas to open up and kind of loosen those restrictions is the availability of vaccines. Now, vaccines became available for emergency use in December, I believe it was. And since then, here in the United States, we've been vaccinating people. We started with our I mean, it was up to the states, kind of, along with CDC guidelines, but basically we started with our elderly populations. Then it went to, you know, the sickest individuals, the ones who are highest at risk. And then it went on from there. Some places did their first responders, did their teachers. Then they're doing, you know, all other adults who fall in those categories. At this point now, most states, if not all, have opened their restrictions on the vaccine and it's widely available to everybody and I think and and I could be wrong i don't uh, the last time I checked I believe our numbers showed maybe 40 percent of the population was vaccinated. however, a lot of people are resistant to get this vaccination now I understand in the beginning when we first heard this vaccination was coming out, I was reluctant too because it seemed too fast. You know, we were talking about this last fall and they're saying, hey, this vaccine, we're going to push it. We're going to get it out. It's going to be ready. And so a lot of us is like, wait, 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 we've only been dealing with this pandemic for like six months. How can a vaccine be on its way? How could you be in stage three trials? You have to be cutting corners. You have to be skipping skipping major parts that are involved. Think about any other time we've developed a vaccine. It takes years. So how come all of a sudden in just months, we're already in phase three trials. We're already looking at a release date in the future. So a lot of us were, were scared. We're nervous. We're skeptical. Um, it turns out that because it's a COVID um, because it's a coronavirus, Covid nineteen is a coronavirus. It's in that family. There were already vaccines in the works. there were already there was already research being done in this category so that there were vaccines, or not vaccines, I say vaccines, I shouldn't say, because they weren't actually vaccines yet, but there was already research being done on possible vaccines, and they were already being developed, so in order to to use it for the COVID-19 virus, I, I guess there wasn't a whole lot of adjusting that needed to be done. Now, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a medical professional. So, I want to I want to really put a disclaimer here. I'm not an expert. So, you know, forgive me for any details that I'm missing or getting wrong because that's not what I want to do. I don't want to mislead anybody and I don't want to give out misinformation. But that's my understanding of how this vaccine was developed. And so, when it came out for emergency use, Yeah, I could understand the hesitation to getting it. You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody wants to become a member of The Walking Dead, right? So there's a lot of, whoa, whoa, what's this going to do to me? But then I thought, you know, I'd rather take my chances with a vaccine and having some side effects than take my chances with COVID-19 and having a severe reaction to it ending up in the hospital or on a ventilator. That's not what I want. Or dying. I I understand the percentage of deaths was 3% or whatever percent. But, you know, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be a percentage. I don't want to be the one who ends up in a hospital. And there was no way to know if I would be. If I caught coronavirus, I could have no reaction. I could be an asymptomatic carrier of it. I could have a mild reaction or I could have a severe reaction. There was no way or indication of knowing that. So I didn't want to take that chance. So yes, I did take the vaccine when it was available to me. And I'm happy that I did. I feel more comfortable going out and interacting with other people. I still wear a mask. That's my choice. I think it keeps me safe. It keeps other people safe for sure. And... You know, I know vaccine isn't a hundred percent. It's not going. It's not a miracle cure. So if you get vaccinated, you can't just go over, the, go out there, and say, "Hey, I am immune a hundred percent." No, no, it's not a hundred percent. It's ninety-five percent effective, or thereabouts. But that still means that five percent can still catch it, can still get COVID. So I still take precautions. I still wear a mask. I still try to. Keep my distance. I still wash my hands at every opportunity because I don't want to be one of those people who get sick. But I know that if I do get sick, at least I feel more comfortable that I won't end up in the hospital. And again, I, I get there's no guarantees, no hundred percents. But that's what the what the studies are showing and research that we have as of today. So that so that's why I did it. But I'm noticing that there are a lot of people who are still not getting vaccinated. And for some people, they get mad about that. They're very angry about the people who won't get vaccinated. How could you not get vaccinated? How could you put me at risk? Put yourself at risk. Risk your family catching it. Why would you do that? That's selfish. How dare you just get it. It's so easy. I don't understand. Well, it's easy. It's easy to get mad at somebody for not doing something that we feel is important to do. But, uh, you know, I do have the mindset that, you know, you have a right not to get it. If you don't want to get the vaccination, that's your right. It's true. However, then you should be wearing a mask. Then you should be observing the six foot distance. Then you should be careful about what you're doing and who you, and who you're doing it with and where you're going because you're not protected and you're not protecting other people. So that's kind of frustrating for me if you're not vaccinated and then you also insist on not wearing a mask and you insist on not observing the things that people say will keep us safe. One of the reasons that some people are doing that is because they feel like it infringes on their rights. They feel like the government is trying to control them and tell them what to do and they will fight tooth and nail against that. Okay, well, that's not how I see it. I don't think that the government decided to make us all wear masks so that they could have control over us and tell us what to do. I think that the government saw a highly contagious virus spreading rapidly, overwhelming cities overwhelming hospitals, hospital workers, and they decided to do something about it and try to try to mitigate that, try to help lessen that effect. Look at New York in the early days, they were overwhelmed. They had no PPE. They had no ventilators. They were overworked. They were getting sick themselves, all of, the, all of the hospital workers. They were slammed. their ICUs were full. They were putting people everywhere and anywhere they could fit. They even brought in a ship, and we're, were going to use a ship as a hospital. It was really dire and really desperate. Um, Workers came from all across the United States to come and help in New York because it was that bad. You know, and now other states, I don't know right now, I don't know statistics, I don't want to be misspeaking. But, you know, there were other states who also experienced that later on over the year, over the past year, where they were slammed and inundated and overwhelmed and overworked and didn't have enough equipment. And didn't have enough personnel. And so it was truly a pandemic. And it was important that we had to do something. The only thing we could do, because we didn't have a vaccine at first, was to wear a mask, keep your distance, lock down, limit the number of people who could gather in large places. Not because the government just wanted to tell us what to do. And you know they're sitting back like, look at these guys. We're making them do what we want to do. It wasn't about that. It was about safety. It was about let's do what we can to kind of limit this spread. Let's make sure that everybody's observing these safety guidelines so that maybe we won't have so many people in the hospital. Maybe it won't spread so quickly so far. Now, if you're one of the people who feel it's your right to not wear a mask, it's your right not to get vaccinated, I'm not here to try and convince you otherwise. That's not the purpose of this. I guess the purpose of this is to wonder why people are anti-vax in the first place. It's not just that. And it's not just this pandemic. Anti-vaxxers, which is the term we've coined in modern times, but there have been anti-vaxxers for years, for hundreds of years, going back to the 1700s in Europe. and the United States, I think around 1900, that's when we started getting... These anti-vaxxers. And over the years for lots of different vaccinations, there have been people who have resisted it. In modern times, before this pandemic, the biggest anti-vaxxer movement that I knew about revolved around autism. Because a few years back in the 90s, a man named Andrew Wakefield wrote a, did a research study that supposedly linked the MMR vaccine to autism, which this paper has now been debunked and it's been shown that his work was unethical. And I don't want to get into a whole lot of that, but a lot of people believed it when it first came out. And so then they got on the anti-vax movement. And so diseases that we didn't have anymore, like the measles, which had been eradicated for all intents purposes here in the United States, came back. Whooping cough. I don't remember anybody ever having the mumps but they just had a mumps outbreak a couple of years ago polio's been coming back that was something from before i was born that's for sure so all of these illnesses that we thought we had gotten past are coming back and a lot of times it's in these anti vax um, communities and areas and you're seeing it start there or spread there. And you know, no vaccine is 100% safe. So more and more vaccinated children were getting these diseases as well because they're, they're exposed to children who are not vaccinated. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your child. If you feel you don't want to vaccinate your child, that's your choice. But then the question becomes, and I really think we should consider this. The question becomes, do you then have the same right to send your child to school, your unvaccinated child to school with other children and exposing other children to diseases, possibly? Is it fair if you make that choice? Because then, aren't you then putting other children at risk? Even though you're, you're making the choice for your child, but then that choice could have an impact on somebody else's child. So at what point do we say, you can't do that? You can't come to school unless you're vaccinated. You can't come to school unless you're wearing a mask. You can't come to school and put other children at risk? Or do we have the right to say that? We do that. We do say you have to get immunized unless you have like religious reasons. I think maybe doctor's reasons. I'm not sure. I don't know 100% if that's the case or not. But I know we all had to when I was a kid. We all had to be immunized. And I don't know if there were exceptions. Um, I'm sure there are. But that's the question. When you do something that only impacts you, your person, yourself, your family, that's one thing. But when you do something that's going to have an impact on other people, don't you have a responsibility to be more, to take more precautions? Isn't it your responsibility as a citizen in this country to do what's right for the greater good? Or is it always better for the individual's rights to trump everyone else's? So you can do what you want to do, even if it hurts me, even if it affects me. As long as you're getting to do what you want to do, it doesn't matter. Is that how, how we should go? And, it, and is, does that make for a good society? Some people would argue, you know, hey, that's the way it should be. Let the chips fall as they may. If you get sick, oh well. If I get sick, oh well. Hey. You know, survival of the fittest, right? Whoever survives survives. Whoever doesn't, hmm. sorry, sad. But hey, that's the way it goes. You know, that's the flip of the coin. That's certainly one way to look at it. But didn't we spend? I mean, and that certainly is the way it was back in the eighteen hundreds and earlier when we didn't have the kind of medicine and procedures and vaccines and things in place that now protect us a lot but that's the thing we have all of that modern medicine we have everything now so that we can protect ourselves so shouldn't we do everything we can isn't that the the point in in the first place isn't that why we de- de- developed new techniques and and PPE and medicines so that we don't have to suffer through plagues and through things like the spanish flu and, and epidemics and pandemics. Is, isn't that the whole reason? Because we went through that before and it killed millions of people. And so now we've put things in place so that millions of people don't have to die. I mean, it's bad. And en- isn't it bad enough that hundreds of thousands of people have died? Look what's happening in India. You know, at the time that I'm, I'm recording this, India's in dire straits. You know, don't we have the opportunity to try to make that a little bit better? And shouldn't we? In a society, doesn't that or does that make us a civilized society? Because we're looking out for our fellow man, the greater good? I don't know. You know, I guess everybody has their own opinions on that. Um, I think it's obvious. I feel like, you know, we need to be looking out for the public at large, and that if there's something that that we can do, kind of, you know, help to keep from spreading the disease, then I think we should do it. Think of it this way. If everybody had masked up last year, would we still be dealing with the coronavirus now? If everybody had locked down, wore masks, stayed six feet away for the first five months or four months of this pandemic, would we be out of it by now? Would we still be dealing with it? Would waves have come inevitably, no matter what we did? Would it have been less? Would we have fewer deaths? You know, would we already be on the other side? Or would we still be in the same place that we're in now? Would it have made a difference? Could it have made a difference? And shouldn't we have tried everything we possibly could have? If we could... I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. If we had the opportunity to try to stop it, then shouldn't we have done that no matter what? Because then we'll come out on the other side. A lot of people have suffered. Some physically, some mentally, some financially, some all of the above. It's been pretty bad. And I understand that. And getting back to business and getting back to normal is really vital. We've got kids suffering through... Virtual learning is not really the best situation for them. We've got people who had a a whole year of not being employed. We've got foreclosures. We've had businesses that have gone into bankruptcy. It's been really tough. So I get the urgency to open up. I get the urgency to stay open and stay in business and to keep things moving. But if we're all sick and we're all dying, is it really worth it? Would it have been worth it to go back to? What if we had the numbers like the Spanish flu, millions of people? Would you be okay if we didn't lock down and we didn't put masks on and we didn't do anything? We just let the chips fall as they may and the government didn't tell you what to do and and you did what you wanted to do, but we had millions of people dying. Would it have been worth it? Could we walk around and say, hey, you know what? that's just life. I don't know. I don't know that I, that I could get behind that. I think that the government did what they needed to do. I think they are doing what they need to do. And hopefully, hopefully people will reconsider getting those vaccines. I hope, I hope more people will decide to do it so that we can get to a herd immunity and variants don't get a chance to thrive and we can get past this so that we can get back to normal life or close to it because that's what we need. And we're desperate for that. And I think that if we do it the right way, the smart way, then we can all benefit from that. So anyway, that's my that's my perspective on that. Let me know what you think. Are you for vaccines? Are you against them? If you're against them, why are you against them? I mean, there's definitely more reason that people are against vaccines, scared of it. A lot of black folks remember Tuskegee experiments. I didn't get into that, but that's certainly a legitimate reason to be wary. So how do you feel? Is that is that your reasoning? Is it something else? Is it something I didn't mention? Let me know. I definitely want to hear from you on this, because this is something that that we're going to be dealing with for quite a while and it definitely affects everybody's life so well thanks for listening make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new content and I'll talk to you next time